Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo, the director of AGLCA. Today, we are going to talk about visiting New York City as part of your Great Loop adventure, and it's certainly a highlight for many. It's a little bit of a different twist on most visits to the city though, because you are of course arriving by boat. So we'll talk about all of that and we'll be joined by Karen Edels from the Homeport crew to do that. But before I bring Karen in, I want to take a moment as always to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, I'd like to welcome back for the second week in a row, Karen Nettles from the Homeport Crew. Karen, thanks for being here. Oh, you're quite welcome. So we aboard the Perch are um, actually just a little bit outside of New York City right now, um, but we had the pleasure of spending time in the past week. And I know a lot of loopers are headed that way, so I wanted to share some of this information with those who are headed this way either this season or perhaps in the future so karen where would you like to start um, well obviously since loopers are coming by boat probably the the first thing people would want to know is you know what what's the where are the best places to tie up yeah and there are lots of options it is a, a city and a metro area that has lots of water manhattan is of course an island um, but it can also be very pricey. So we do have some tips. And the first one is to check out Staten Island. Staten Island, if you're not too familiar with New York City, it is one of the five boroughs of the city of New York. Um, and that's important when you start to look at transportation and ways to get around. So we'll come back to that shortly. Um, but Staten Island is, is outside of Manhattan. Um, it kind of sits between New Jersey and Brooklyn but it's a convenient area. There are several marinas on Staten Island and there is a um, very well protected harbor called Great Kills Harbor. That is where we tied up. I highly recommend it. There are some really reasonable, uh, compared to other New York City places, um, some really reasonable marinas there, particularly if you are an AGLCA member, we have a harbor host there who is a member of a yacht club there and gets our members into his yacht club at a highly discounted rate. Um, I think in the end, we paid about $2 a foot, which is really unheard of in this area. So if you're an AGLCA member, you know how to find a Harbor host. If you're not, you may wanna consider joining. You'll probably pay for your membership just with that one benefit. Um, but overall, the Harbor host program are members who volunteer to assist other members who are coming through the area with local knowledge and information and you know sometimes rides for provisions and things like that um, and our harbor host in, on staten island certainly goes above and beyond and welcomes us into the place where he ties up his own boat and manages to get us great discounts for that so staten island is a really good very budget friendly choice uh, another choice that's kind of close into the new york city area a little bit of a shorter public transportation travel to get into new york city would be liberty landing marina Liberty Landing is an AGLCA sponsor, and we certainly appreciate their sponsorship. They are in New Jersey, uh, just outside of Manhattan, so just across the waterway from Lower Manhattan, which means they have the most spectacular views of Lower Manhattan that, that you can imagine. You know, better looking at it from the other side of the river than it is standing in the middle of it. 
So if you want the views and the real New York experience, Liberty, Heart, Liberty Landing is the place for you. Um, there are actually, um, as I said, they're an AGLCA sponsor. A lot of people will stay on Staten Island for a few days and do the budget conscious and then go over to Liberty Landing for a few days for a little bit more of the New York experience. That is what we're doing. Um, I will warn you that the Liberty Landing rates are in the neighborhood of $7 per foot per night with some discounts available for longer term stays. But from there, it's a very quick ferry ride over to Lower Manhattan. You have views of the Statue of Liberty from there and the ferry goes directly to the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island as well from Liberty Landing. So you can't beat the location, you can't beat the view, but of course you're going to pay some for that. And then a third choice is another AGLCA sponsor. It is Half Moon Bay Marina. They are in Croton on Hudson. Um, I believe it's 30 or 40 miles up the Hudson, but still within the public transportation range to get to New York City. So there's a train that leaves uh, from very close to Half Moon Bay, heads into Manhattan, um, where you can connect with trains and buses to any place else in New York City you want to go. And it actually doesn't take that much longer than getting there from Staten Island. So again, a little bit outside the city, but you're in the scenic, beautiful Hudson Valley at that point, um, kind of the best of both worlds because you have uh, the scenic, more rural beauty while having quick access and, and easy access to everything that New York City offers. So three great places to tie up. There certainly are others, but those are our three recommendations. That sounds like those are good options for people to, to choose from, but we know that some loopers like to anchor out as well. So are there options for that? Yep, there absolutely are. Um, Liberty State Park, which is over by Liberty Landing, uh, there are some anchorages there. And if you check Active Captain or Waterway Guide, you can see the reviews. That's really the only anchorage in the Manhattan area uh, that really has some reviews to it that I would suggest uh, that close in with the views and all of, all of those things that we've mentioned. The other option is within Great Kills Harbor, which is, as I said, is very well protected. There's a really good anchorage. We saw lots of looper boats at that anchorage while we were there. There are also a lot of mooring balls within Great Kills Harbor that are managed by the different marinas. So it's also possible to pick up a mooring ball while you're there. And we did that for our first night in Great Kills Harbor. So for those who prefer an anchorage or even a mooring ball, there are options while visiting New York City to do that as well. Of course, if you're choosing one of those options, you're gonna make sure, wanna make sure that your dinghy is easily launched and that you know, if you're on a mooring ball, the, the marina that's renting you that mooring ball has a dinghy dock so you can come ashore and do all of the exploring because otherwise you're missing everything about the city. Okay, so it sounds like they're covered whether you want to tie up in a marina or stay at an anchorage. Um, but the next question is, you know, once you're, once you're there, then how are you going to get around? How the loop, what's the best way for the loopers to get around and, and visit the city? Yeah, and that's... Um, what people expect to be a little bit of a challenge, and it really is not, even though you're most likely going to tie up or anchor outside of the city, you really can't beat the New York City public transportation system. So if you are not from someplace where public, transporti public transportation is an option you frequently use, you may be surprised by how easy Google Maps and Apple Maps make it for you to do that. Uh, you have a, a button on your map application where instead of driving, you can tap it for public transportation and it will tell you exactly where to get the bus or train. Uh, if you've ever been to a public train station in a place like New York City, there's lots of different trains at some of the hubs coming in and out. It'll tell you exactly which train or bus you wanna hop on. 
how many stops it'll take, how long it should take. Uh, if you need to make a uh, transition to another form of transportation, it'll tell you where to walk. It just makes the whole process very simple. And we found it to be very accurate in terms of when the bus or train was going to arrive. So I actually grew up just outside of New York City. I've been in South Carolina for a long time now. But, you know, memories from long ago were that the trains were confusing and therefore a little bit scary or the buses were confusing and therefore a little bit scary. That is no longer the case. It just could not be easier to find where you need to go, even on a public transportation system that you're not familiar with. So let's start from that. Um, if you are using Great Kills, uh, any of the marinas there or tied up um, any of the mooring balls, Anchorage there, if you're in Great Kills Harbor, uh, Staten Island does not actually have a direct connection by road. So no bridge from Staten Island to Manhattan but they do have the Staten Island Ferry. So there's, there's two different ways you can really get into downtown from Staten Island. One is to take the train. There's a train that will take you directly to the Staten Island Ferry stop on Staten Island. You'll take a short walk inside a building from the train stop to the ferry stop, and then take the ferry across. That'll put you right in the heart of lower Manhattan. Um, the Staten Island Ferry is free. I'm not sure why that is, but it runs 24 hours a day and it is free in both directions. So it's a great bonus. You will pay a little bit for the train. I think it was a couple dollars to get you to the ferry stop. And from Great Kells Harbor, it's about a mile walk to the train station. So most of us are pretty used to walking those types of distances. A mile isn't so much, but uh, the walk plus the train plus the ferry. Uh, the con of this arrangement is it's a little bit time consuming. I think from door to door when we went from the boat to the 9-11 memorial it was pretty close to two hours, but we had the whole day to invest in this project. So that wasn't too big of a con. The pro is how easy it was and how inexpensive it was. So keep that in mind. The other option from Staten Island is to take a bus into Manhattan. And we did that on another day. The bus is much closer to Great Kills. The bus stop is maybe three tenths of a mile away, maybe four tenths. You get on the bus, it makes multiple stops in Staten Island, and then it takes you over the Verrazano Bridge and zips right through Brooklyn to get you into Manhattan. That particular bus takes you kind of to Midtown. So which option is better is gonna depend somewhat on where you're going in Manhattan, but the bus was a little bit faster, a little bit more dependent on certain days and times though to traffic. They do have express lanes for the buses to get into the city, but it, it could be a little bit slowed down during busier times. And I, that's considered an express bus, even though it makes multiple stops in Staten Island and Manhattan. And that was about six, between six and $7. So still a really reasonable way to get yourself into Manhattan. So those are the best options from Staten Island. From Liberty State Park, as I mentioned, there are ferries that go into lower Manhattan directly. Uh, and then from there, you can hop on a train or a bus to get you to where you're going in Manhattan. And then I think I have also already mentioned that if you're up at Half Moon Bay, there is a uh, Metro Railroad line that comes straight down the Hudson line and brings you to Grand Central Station. From there, you can get to just about any place you'd like. So all very easy, all pretty reasonably priced and all will get you into the heart of everything there is to see and do. 
All right, so we've covered what to get around. I guess the next thing we need to cover is obviously people, you know, the tourist attractions and the things to, to see and do. And obviously there's different parts of town. So you wanna go over the different sections of town and what they can expect to see and do in those areas? Yes, I can, I can absolutely do that. Um, I do wanna point out, which is probably obvious, but New York City has so much of everything that I would encourage each person to do some research on their own on the things that they like to see in Duke, because regardless of what that is, you will probably find it. Um, there is just so much that we can't even begin to touch on. So I'm gonna cover some of the more popular things in a couple of the areas of Manhattan. So we'll start with lower Manhattan because that's the easiest accessible point from Liberty Landing and from Great Kills, the Great Kills area, Great Kills Harbor. Um, I should mention on the ferry from Staten Island and also of course on the one from Liberty Landing, you have fantastic views as you're coming across. So as you're taking the ferry from Staten Island, have your camera ready because the Statue of Liberty, Lower Manhattan, the best pictures you'll get until you get there on your own boat, um, but will be during that ride. So once you arrive in Lower Manhattan, if you're coming in at the ferry terminal, it's just kind of a short meander through the Battery Park area to get to what is probably the top um, I hate to even call it an attraction at this point, but the top kind of must see place in New York City, and that is the 9-11 Memorial and the museum. So you'll, there are some veterans memorials in that area of Battery Park as you kind of uh, walk around the tip of Manhattan there to get to the 9-11 Memorial. The memorial, for those of you who are not aware, is actually two reflecting ponds with waterfalls um, going downward two big squares that actually sit on the footprint of the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center before 9-11. So that is the memorial. It is very somber, very moving. Uh, you can see all of the names carved into the memorial itself of the people who lost their lives there. And the other thing that is of course there on site is the 9-11 Memorial Museum. One little tip on the museum. You can buy tickets online ahead of time, but it is of course challenging for loopers to know when they might be there. Uh, we went in without tickets and got there and the line to purchase tickets on site was pretty long. Um, so we took out our phones and actually purchased the tickets online and had no wait. The tickets are for a specific time to go in, but they were available for the time that we were standing there. So lots of people were delayed by waiting in the line to purchase the tickets on site even if you're already standing there, as long as there's availability, you can do it online and pretty much walk right in. So we would hate for you to miss the museum uh, because you're waiting, not have as much time as you planned in the museum because you're waiting on that ticket line for a while. Uh, people have asked me, how was the museum? This was actually my second visit. Um, it is, it, it's very well done. It is hard, hard to, to do. Uh, some of the parts in particular um, there, you know, there, as we all know, it, there was, there's a lot of video and there's a lot of digital recordings of interviews with the family members of the victims of that day and voicemails that the victims were leaving for their family members. So it, it's pretty hard to do. And I think that's kind of why you must do it so that we can remember that day. So, as I said, it's a, it's one of the go-tos for most loopers at this point. Um, and also on site there, of course, is what was built in the place of the previous Twin Towers is the Freedom Tower. 
There is an observation deck at the top of the Freedom Tower. It's called One World Observation Deck. And the address of that, that building is One World Trade Center, which is where the name comes from. But the signs can be a little bit confusing if you're looking for the Freedom Tower. It's the One World Observatory. A little pricey, uh, but well worth it for the views of the entire metro area. So that's something else that you can do while you're there in lower Manhattan. From there, time permitting, um, depending on how much time you've allocated for your day, you are very close to Wall Street and the New York Stock Exchange, and you can take your pictures with the bowl that you'll find there on Wall Street. The New York City Hall is an historic building, uh, really architecturally beautiful building, and that is also in that lower Manhattan area. And, you know, use Google, it's your friend, to find what else you might like to do there. But you're also, from that point, not a terribly long walk or a very short taxi or bus or train ride to the Brooklyn Bridge. And walking the Brooklyn Bridge, particularly at night, is one of my favorite things to do in New York City. Um, again, for the spectacular views of Manhattan, there's really nothing else like it. And if you choose to walk all the way across to the Brooklyn side, the area at the end of the Brooklyn Bridge, between the Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge, it's known as Dumbo, which stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge, um, is really kind of a, a very hip and fun area of Brooklyn. So there's lots of restaurants and, and a pier along there. So that's kind of an active place if you work your way over into Brooklyn as well. So those are just some of the favorites in lower Manhattan. Didn't even touch on some of the great places to eat, but it's really hard to um, visit Manhattan and not find a great place to eat. Um, if we look back at uh, Staten Island itself, if you're tied up there, there are lots of great restaurants there, really heavy Italian influence on Staten Island. And I really recommend Frank and Sal's Italian Market, which is within walking distance of the Great Kells Harbor. It is more than just your Italian meats and cheeses. They, it's kind of a full grocery store, but heavily Italian influence. So lots of pasta, lots of uh, sauces. But they also have prepared dishes like chicken parmesan that they'll wrap up for you. And we stocked up our freezer before we left there. Um, but there are also restaurants right along the waterfront there at Great Kills. The Marina Cafe was excellent. Um, Cole's Waterside was wonderful. And they have a great uh, kind of a special up until about six o'clock, I think, where you get three courses and a bottle of wine for like $30. So plenty of good options. And the same goes for lower Manhattan. So I think I'll stop there for a moment, take a breath. I know I've been talking your ears off today, but we'll play a message from one of our sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll talk about kind of the other big tourist area of the city. So we'll be back in a moment. An alternative to the high cost of brokerage and the hassle and risks of buy owner boat selling, yachtx.com makes selling your boat easy, safe, and produces better outcomes. Licensed and bonded, YachtX combines the comfort of professional advisors with the reach of multi-platform marketing and the convenience of web transaction management and escrow, so your experience is second to none. Best of all, with fees of just 1.5% or less, you save 85% or more in selling costs versus traditional brokerage. Ask them about their buyer representation rebates, YachtX rewards referral program, and looper discounts. Voters come first at YachtX.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Karen Nettles from the Homeport Crew, and she is kind of leading me through recalling all of our recent stops in New York City as we visited as part of our Great Loop adventure. 
Um, we are not having our video on today because we are having some bandwidth issues, but that gives me an opportunity to insert some of the pictures that we took over the last several days in New York City. So you're looking at those and hopefully enjoying those. Um, Karen, let's jump back into it. Where should we pick up? Um, yeah, you were telling us about the different places of, of some of the highlights of things to see and do, and you just covered Lower Manhattan. And I think um, next we should maybe uh, take a look at Midtown. Yeah, I think that would be great because Midtown is really the other area that is very popular with tourists because there is so much to do there. Um, Grand Central Station is kind of the, the hub for public transportation in the Midtown area. Grand Central on its own is a tourist attraction. Um, it's historical, it's beautiful architecturally. So when you get there, take a moment, everybody else will be rushing around you, but just take a moment and look around the building. It really is pretty spectacular. From Grand Central Station, if you just head south a little bit, you can actually visit the Empire State Building. And there is an observation deck there as well. Um, and then you can also head just a little bit north from Grand Central Station and move towards Rockefeller Center, which is of course, in and of itself, big tourist attraction as well. Rockefeller Center has the top of the rock, which is their observation deck. You can also of course, see the Today Show being filmed there in Rockefeller Center. And Rockefeller Center is largely famous for the skating rink that's there in the winter for ice skating. In previous years, in the summer, there's been a restaurant there. Right now, there is a roller rink there. So instead of your winter ice skating, you can do your summer roller skating while you are in Rockefeller Center. And it's just a fun area to walk around, you know, lots of shops. If you have grandkids or kids visiting, there's an American Girl shop and a Lego shop. So the girls and the boys are always happy. We saw lots of shopping bags walking around from those particular stores. Uh, but it's a very vibrant, active area. When we were there, Sixth Avenue was actually closed for a street fair. So there was lots of um, food vendors along the sides of the street and you could walk right up the middle. That was on a Saturday. Don't expect that on a weekday. That's a pretty busy area with people working, but on a weekend, you might find something fun like that to do. You can also, um, in that area, of course, is the theater district. So if you are a fan of theater, you can't beat getting to a Broadway show. We actually saw Wicked, which was wonderful. And that's, of course, a longer running play. The longer running plays have much more affordably priced tickets. So if you're not somebody who gets to Broadway a lot and has not seen some of those older shows, it can be really cost, much more cost effective to do that. Some of the real popular shows right now, like The Music Man is running and Hugh Jackman is starring in that. So it's extremely popular right now, um, but tickets were in the $500 range and that was just more than we were willing to spend. So some things that have been running a little bit longer like Wicked or Moulin Rouge have tickets depending on where you wanna sit, uh, some as low as like $50 on up to about 150. But as I said, a little bit easier on the wallet than some of the new shows that are pretty costly at this particular point. But any of them, um, you know, I think it's part of the experience of going to Broadway and seeing a show. I don't think I've ever seen a bad Broadway show. Um, the other thing you can do in that area if you love musicals and can't get to Broadway, or even if you can, um, Ellen's Stardust Diner is just a really fun place to eat. You can expect there to be a wait, but all of the servers there are kind of moonlighting from their Broadway shows. So they take turns standing on tables and uh, kind of a, a little runway stage between the booths and performing for you. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a great experience. 
it's typical diner food, um, but you're absolutely there for the show. So if you want a little bit of Broadway, but don't want to spend the time or money to actually attend a show, Ellen's Stardust Diner is a great alternative. And then the other thing you can do there is just take a stroll up Fifth Avenue. When I was uh, a younger adult, that was one of my favorite things to do. If you leave kind of the Rockefeller Center area and stroll up Fifth Avenue, you'll see St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is a beautiful church. Um, and you can, there's just lots of high-end shops. So window shopping and drooling is wonderful in that area. If you continue to work your way north, you will reach Central Park. You'll reach Central Park right by the Plaza Hotel where the carriage rides through Central Park leave. And it's just a big part of the New York City experience. It's a fun thing to do um, and just explore the city. So again, lots of choices, definitely do some research, but those are some of my favorite things to do when I'm in the Midtown area. Okay, sounds like plenty, plenty to do and, and see, and, and I'm sure they have good restaurants as well. Yes, um, and we actually, uh, ate at a wonderful place called Nocello's, which was near the Gershwin Theater where um, Wicked was. And that was at the recommendation of an uncle who we're meeting who does Broadway a lot and loves that restaurant. Obviously from the name, you can probably tell it's Italian and the food and service were wonderful there. Um, we didn't get the opportunity to explore tons of restaurants. So, um, but that's the one we did and we really enjoyed it. Okay, uh, and then obviously another popular attraction would be Statue of Liberty in Ellis Island. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, so um, most easily accessible probably from Liberty Landing, obviously, uh, but you can take the ferry over and explore the Statue of Liberty. You can explore the island without actually going inside the statue. To go inside the statue, you need tickets ahead of time and they sell out pretty well in advance. So again, for loopers, sometimes it's really hard to commit to a ticket like that. Um, my, my personal opinion, I have visited the island that the Lady Liberty sits on before. It's kind of just as good when you get there on your boat. The island does have some things you can see and do, but if you're not going inside the statue, just going by on the ferry or when you get your, there on your boat might be enough of the experience for you. Again, personal choice. Um, but Ellis Island is also really uh, not to be missed, particularly if you have ancestors who arrived through Ellis Island, um, seeing what it was like, what the conditions were like, and you can actually look up some of the history by name, um, some of the exhibits there on Ellis Island. So that's also a pretty popular thing to do. Uh, but really, we actually, uh, and if you're on the loop, this is kind of how the progression might work for you. Um, we were, of course, coming up from Cape May came around Sandy Hook on New Jersey, which brings you in towards New York Harbor, and then stopped at Great Kills on Staten Island. We stayed there for a few days. Um, we left with another looper boat, Not Fantasy, was also heading out that morning um, to go towards Liberty Landing. So as you're moving northward, this is if you're gonna do both Staten Island and Liberty Landing, you'll do, do Staten Island first. And then between Staten Island and a, your arrival at Liberty Landing, you will be going right by the Statue of Liberty. So try to get there with another boat, kind of like we did. We teamed up the day before at Great Coast Harbor um, when we were at the marina there and realized we were both going and arranged a time. You can also use Nebo to try and find somebody. And after we had actually finished going by the statue and we took pictures for Not Fantasy and they took pictures of, of our boat for us um, and wonderful photos I'm so thrilled to have. So really try to arrange that. 
And even after we left the statue and continued on our way, we were reached out um, on the VHF. We were hailed by another looper boat. And so thanks to Sail Away, um, they saw us on Nebo and saw we were in the area of the statue and were just reaching out to see if we needed them to come take photos for us, which was just so, so nice and really amazing. And Sail Away are gold loopers. So we offered to go back and, and take theirs and they already have some from their first trip. Um, but that's the kind of community this is. And it really is a moment for so many people when they reach the Statue of Liberty on their own boat. My favorite story about that was from a member who shared that his ancestors arrived in the US aboard the same boat that carried the torch for Labor Lady Liberty. So for him, it was a really moving moment to arrive there at the statue. And I hear so many stories like that. Um, it's really just a highlight for so many loopers and I was absolutely thrilled to experience it firsthand. And of course, I'm showing some pictures of that as well. So I can't wait for all of you to get there on your boats and experience the statue, but also all of New York and all there is to see and do and eat um, and shop. They have a little bit of everything as you might imagine. So I think that about covers it, but Karen, any anything I left out that people might be wondering about? No, I, th I think you've hit, hit the highlights. Like you said, I think there's plenty to see and, see and do, and it's just a matter of them deciding, you know, what's most important to them to do while they're there with the, however much time they plan to spend in the city. So Yeah, most definitely. Some of the other loopers that were in there at the same time as us had found kind of a self-guided walking tour around lower Manhattan that suggested some other stops that we just didn't have the time or the energy <laughs> to walk to all of them. Um, but there's just so much to see and do. So as I said, and as Karen said, do some research on the things you like, and you will surely find it there. Um, but we thoroughly enjoyed it. We hope everyone else does too. Uh, Karen, thanks for joining me again. Uh, two weeks in a row is not not common, uh, but we really appreciate you jumping in and, and helping me do this today, because I think people would rather it be a little more conversational than just me rambling on for 30 minutes. So <laughs> thanks for joining us again, Karen. You're quite welcome. And thanks to everyone who has listened and watched today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.